Welcome to Gamer Girl ASMR episode 2. Now what's different about this episode? Well obviously we're playing Tetris instead of playing Go. Now I want to talk about Tetris and how I got into Tetris because it's actually an interesting story and why my game plays like as fast and sloppy as it is. So the first thing I did when I like got into Tetris was, well the first thing I did well, the reason why I got into Tetris, I think that's the best way to phrase it. The reason I got into Tetris is I discovered the classic Tetris World Championships. And they were really interesting and I was like, oh, this this seems like a cool game, right? This seems like a cool game. I want to play classic Tetris. So I did for a while, right? I, just, I was just like pushing my limits, like seeing how far I can get in classic Tetris. And then I finally got into like a 600,000 score or something, I can't remember. Anyway, I got into like the place where like the fucking... The castle blasted off into space, and I was like, "Well, I'm kind of done with this game. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really enjoying it anymore because I don't want to learn tests because that seems like really annoying, and I don't really want to like ruin the game. And I can't really do hyper tapping on PC, so I don't really like. I'm not really interested in this game anymore. So then I discovered this client called Chestris or something like that. I don't know. So it's like this competitive online Tetris, right? You can you can play a competitive Tetris online with strangers and it's like it's kinda like the Tetris one hundred battle royale thing, right? It's kinda like that game. But I was just like playing that for a while and then I was like, I don't enjoy this at all. Actually before I went on to Tetris, I played the uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris I think for a few days and I was like, Oh, this is kinda of fun because like the controls were just so much better than the uh, NES Tetris and even in the JS3s the controls were just so good so I just kept playing that version even though I hated it because it didn't have like a classic arcade Tetris version right it didn't have like the classic thing where like the blocks like fell from the sky and kept speeding up it was just all competitive stuff all like puzzle stuff so I wasn't really enjoying that and then I figured out the best Tetris client which was Tetra.js right that's that's a Tetris that you're seeing on screen. It has the best controls. It has like the classic game mode, and I really like playing that. I really like playing this version of Tetris. So my play style, because I went through like all of these different games, isn't really like any like distinct Tetris play style. I have a bit of like classic Tetris. I have a bit of like battle royale Tetris. I have a bit of like this kind of Tetris like in me, but I don't really have any like cohesive like game plan. I just like put. <laughs> Just like putting blocks down where you think they should go, so I make a lot of mistakes. I play too fast for my own good, so I mess up a lot of things. So that's 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 not great, but that's just how I play Tetris. So if you're a Tetris pro, I'm sorry that I'm not really playing that well, but uh, I thought it was like entertaining enough that I I should show it to other people. There are two more things that are different about this episode, but let's get to the first one. I'm drinking right now. I'm getting kind of tipsy, just a bit tipsy. Because I uh, I tried recording this and I was like, wow, this is kind of embarrassing to just talk into a mic in like a quiet voice for like an hour. So I'm just going to get a drink, make it less embarrassing. So that's that's it. But I want to talk about drinking songs. Because Swimming Pools by Kendrick Lamar is the perfect drinking song, right? It has a deep, groovy bass you want. It has like the pier- like piercing, sharp snares you want. It has like these melodic, fast flows. And it's so much like... It's such a better drinking song because of its like anti-alcoholism message, right? Because drinking is kind of like a somber, kind of like a solemn endeavor, right? When you're drinking, you're not like, oh, I'm so happy that I get to drink. You're like, wow, I'm really happy that I'm drinking 
that I'm like kind of sad that they have to drink, right? To be like this happy, right? So like having like an anti-alcoholism message in a drinking song just makes the song better. If you if you listen to like old country cowboy songs, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know most people don't, but like those are also some really good drinking songs. Uh, I would recommend Drinking Thing by Gary Stewart, I think is the name. That's a great drinking song. And it's it's a really sad country cowboy, cowboy, cowboy song, right? But it's also really good for drinking. And then there are these like other other songs that I didn't come up with because I'm not that smart. So one friend showed them to me, which is one of these songs is Ichima, which is just the best song for drinking. Like if you're like, drinking and listening to Ichima, it's just so fucking great. I, I know it's like an old song. Who cares? Who cares? It's just like a... Like Keith Apes, One Hit Wonder, Ichima, right? But it's such a good song for drinking. And then there's also Vince Staples, North North and Blue Suede, which are like all both like perfect songs for drinking. Like if you're drinking to those songs, you're just having a great time because Vince Staples makes great drinking music. And those two songs in particular, I, I mean, maybe all of his songs are like great drinking songs, but those are the two that like personally have drunk like an immense amount too. So those are, those two are also really, really great drinking songs. So yeah, I mean, drinking songs are a great thing because they make drinking better because when you're drinking, music is better. That's just, that's just like an objective reality. I mean, at least in my mind, maybe, maybe if you're like an audiophile and you're like, oh, I want to distinguish every part of this song with my ears. Maybe, maybe then drinking makes music worse. But like, if, if you appreciate the vibe of music, if you appreciate the mood of music, then drinking just makes it better. Now the second thing that's different is they have like some some notes prepared, just like two word prompts basically of things that I thought of like in like the last few days, because I've been thinking of things and being like, oh well, this would fit really well into the Gamer Girl ASMR podcast. This would fit really well into this like specific thing, and I wanna like write them down so I don't forget them. So I have some topics prepared. It's not like complete. I mean, the last time wasn't also completely off the cuff. I had like things like thought out that I wanted to talk about but this time I have some things that like I know I want to get to if I if I have some interesting thoughts if I want to go on some tensions I'm not gonna restrict myself but I want to go through some of these topics at least like I'm, I'm probably not gonna go through all of them but I want to talk about at least a few of them because I think it would be fun because when I had these thoughts I thought that they would be fun to talk about on the Gamer Girl ASMR show the first thing I want to talk about is it seems like absolutely no one learns French in school. Like, every time I have heard someone talking about having French in school, it's like, yeah, they had like French in school, but they didn't really learn anything in the first few years. And then like, they switched the lessons into being like mostly in French and then I didn't understand anything because I didn't learn anything in the first few years. And that's like exactly what happened to me too. Like, I went to school, we cycled through like a lot of French teachers. We had like a ton of French teachers. And like none of them actually taught us until we get got to like my final French teacher before I dropped out. And then she was, was just like, hey, you should understand French. So I'm going to teach like this lesson in like French, right? And no one understood her because no one had been taught French, basically. And I think this seems to be like a universal experience that like lit- I haven't seen anyone like be like, yeah, I went to French class in school and now I know how to like speak French. Like the biggest like it's just like I can say like bomb de terre. That's that's my French ability, the omelette du fromage. Like th- that's literally how well I can speak French, and like this is insane because like this this is such a universal constant. I didn't. I thought that some people in the world had to learn French in school, right? I thought that some people had, but like eh, it seems like everyone's French, like <laughs> French studies are the same. Really, it's just like 
don't really understand French, and then they start watching like bad French movies. <laughs> That's I, I don't know how this works. Is there like like a global conspiracy to like make the French curriculum like unlearnable? Because it isn't just like those other people in Estonia don't learn French. It's like Americans, British people, like like I, this is just insane. It's just it just blows my mind. But I mean, maybe this is just like how it works when people learn a language that isn't really useful, right? Because the only reason I learned English and I got really good at English, at least in my opinion, is because like it had a use, right? I could watch anime if I knew English because I could watch the dub or read the sub, right? So I could like watch anime if I knew English. That was like a big motivation for me to learn English in the first place because I wanted to like watch Dragon Ball, watch Pokemon, right? I wanted, I wanted to watch all of those animes. So that's why I learned English. Actually, in school, we were taught four languages because it was hell. It was hell. I can't learn languages and I had to like try to learn four languages, right? So first, Estonian. We had like an Estonian language education, which for Americans would be like the equivalent of English, right? That's, that's the first language we were taught. That began in like first grade. Then we were taught English. That began in like fourth grade, but I think now it begins like even earlier, right? So then we were just like or maybe even first grade. I think English starts in first grade and that begins in, in like second grade. Anyway, yeah, we're basically just taught English as kids, right? And then like in like fourth grade or fifth grade, we're like I think it had to be fourth grade. We were start like we, were, <laughs> we started to get like Russian lessons, right? We, they started teaching us Russian. Because like we used to be like a Soviet satellite, so we needed the Russian thing, right? So it's like I mean it's not useful in real life unless you're like in customer service and then you need to know like four phrases in Russian. But like we had to learn Russian too, right? I, I never learned any Russian. I can say, uh, like, Minya Lublu Sabaka. That's the extent of my Russian aptitude, right? That's how well I can speak Russian. Because I basically can't speak Russian, even though I learned it for like four years of my life, or five years. I, 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 can't, I can't do anything in Russian, right? And then we got the choice whether we wanted to learn French or German. Now, technically, I think, like, both of these were voluntary classes and you could just be like, yeah, I don't really want to learn either and just have, like, a free lesson and that I just didn't know that. If I had known that I had, be I would have been like, okay, these are voluntary, I don't want to learn either, I'm just gonna not do anything and just, like, hang out, right? Because that was an actual option. And if I had known that that was an actual option, then I would have, like, done that too, like, but, like, it wasn't an option, so, it like, I didn't know it was an option, so I just chose French, so I went to learn French, right? Didn't learn any French, I just wasted so much fucking time, but, I mean, technically, I went to French lessons, like, two times a week and had to do the fucking homework, right? So, yeah, that, that sucked, that sucked. So, yeah, I had to learn four languages in school, like, that's, that's fucking insane. I don't know who else has to learn four languages in school. Like, if you're an American, oh, oh I'm gonna learn English and then, like, maybe Spanish, maybe French, maybe German, right? And th that's if <laughs> that's if you're, like, an American, like, and other countries don't really, like, it's, it's fucking insane. It's fucking insane how children are expected to speak four languages and be, like, quadrilingual. Because I don't think that's feasible for most people. Because I know that definitely, that definitely isn't feasible for me. I've always had, like, dreams of being able to speak, like, a ton of languages, right? Like, just being able to just, like, be like, oh, I can speak German, I can speak Chinese, I can speak Japanese, I can speak French, I can speak Russian, I can speak English, I can speak Estonian. Because I think that would be a really, really cool skill to have. But it's, it's not something I'm, like, really capable of, like, 
it it requires a completely different mindset and kind of person than me. So, I'm I'm really happy that some people are able to speak a ton of languages, but I, I just don't know if I can really learn languages, because even when I was in like Czechia for like eight months, six months, a long time, a long time, I didn't really pick up any any Czech. I could be like dobre, dobre, dobre. That that's my Czech ability. But yeah, it's just like it's. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I can't really speak languages. I can just speak to you. I'm just bilingual, even though I know a few phrases in like a lot of languages. Now another thing I wanted to talk about is the meta of jokes, right? Because jokes have evolved like way past just trying to make people laugh, right? That's not like the point of jokes anymore. So there are like two kinds of like popular jokes, right? popular formats. One is like this like really convoluted form of like linguistic warfare basically that you can like make people laugh with, right? So that's 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 the kind of jokes that I like I usually like where I can just like combine different concepts in like really absurd ways and make people laugh at them. My favorite example, this is like spicy, this is edgy, this is very edgy. My favorite joke that I have come off with that fits into this pattern that I don't know how to like utilize, I'm just gonna blow it here and never make anything with it. It's like I have like this idea for like a skit, right? This sketch comedy skit, right? Where like there's this guy, right? Like this fucking progressive, like blue hair, like purple hair, whatever guy. It doesn't really matter. Like the thing that needs to be communicated, that this is like a left-wing guy, right? This is like a guy who presents outwardly as being left-wing. And then he starts talking, right? And basically all that he says is he just rants about Zionists, right? He goes like, oh, I wanna, oh, I hate Zionism. Zionists control the world. There's a worldwide Zionist conspiracy. I just wanna kill the Zionists. I just wanna kill all of the Zionists. And then he just keeps going on like these rants about Zionism, right? He just constantly just talks about Zionism. And like that's that's a joke. That's a joke. It's like this, it's this weird fucking meta commentary, because this isn't a real person, right? No one actually thinks like this. No one actually goes like this, right? That's a joke. The joke is that this is like the kind of portrait that like all of these people go like, oh, if you're into Zionist, you're an anti-Semite, like, and this would be like a guy hacks like a legitimate anti-Semite, right? Just like saying instead of like Jews says Zionist, right? That's a joke because the joke is that this person doesn't exist, and like every criticism of Zionism is like perfectly reasonable because Israel is literally like a fucking. I'm not gonna talk about Israel. This isn't the time to talk about Israel. But yeah, that's the joke. Like, that that's what makes it funny. Although it has, it has like the J-Reg appeal, right? Where it like appeals to every side of the political spectrum, right? Because there are definitely people who would really like to just feel like, I really hate Israel, and it would be really funny if it could just be anti-Semitic towards Israel, right? So it's, it's not like... And there are also people who are like, hey, I'm an anti-Semite. It would be cool if more people are anti-Semitic, right? So it has like the J-Reg appeal. And then there are also like Zionists who go like, hey, uh, I, I think that this is how people who don't like Israel act, right? So this is like a satire that has a really distinct target, right? A really distinct like viewpoint. But, like people from many perspectives can find it funny just because they're like wrong, right? They can be so wrong that they think that I'm like... I'm doing something that could potentially reinforce their side because like their view of the world is so warped. So this would have like a 
cross political spectrum appeal, right? A lot of people might like wipe with this or like laugh at it, even though only one type of people should. But that's what the point is a joker. Like the way the way you make people okay, this is this is why the left can't make jokes, right? Because or memes rather, because memes rely on insincerity, right? And this is the kind of insincerity that you could like use to convince people to like agree with you. Because first they see like this insincere statement, right? That's like obviously not reflective of anyone's personal opinions, right? This doesn't state an opinion. This doesn't state the truth about the world. Like all the left-wing memes want to be like, oh, I'm just going to show people the truth if I meme. That's not how memes work. Memes have to be actively anti-truth, right? So you just show them like a picture that isn't the truth but contains an agenda, right? You show them an image that has a different image hidden within it. Basically, that's what you show them, right? That's like the insincerity that you need. And then, once you have done that, right, you can show them enough of these images that instead of seeing the insincere image, they can recognize the sincere pattern under all of these images, right? Because this is how, like, alt-right meme propaganda works. Is you have, like, a ton of, like, funny, like, Jew memes. Oh, oh, this is funny. I'm a Oh, it's no one talks about the Jews. No one talks about the blacks. This is funny. These are funny jokes. No one else makes these jokes, right? And then people become alt-right because eventually this... They start seeing like the underlying pattern behind these jokes and they go like, man, is this even a joke anymore? Or is there just like this pattern that I'm missing? And then they like look into that pattern, then they read like White Power by George Lincoln Rockwell and go like, wow, we really need a white deafness state now. And that, that's how alt-right propaganda works, right? Like you don't, you don't, <laughs> the, the only like left-wing version of this that has like ever had any like real success are sterner memes. You just can just post a picture of a st- like a sterner face, and you can just that's like an insincere, like ironic way to just mock people, right? When you post a sterner face, you're basically calling someone dumb. That's what you're doing when you're posting a sterner face, because you're being like, oh, you're spooked. And for people who aren't familiar with the theory, that just means that you're being called a dumbass, right? And that's the point. You call people dumbass for being spooked. So they see the stern image, right? Then they go like, um, I have been seeing this image all the time. And I'm starting to recognize the like underlying sincerity behind this image. And like the pattern on like at the times when people who post the sterner image are calling me a dumbass. Maybe I should read Max Sterner. That's the only time the left wing is act like a significant propagandistic effort that has actually gotten people like invested in it, right? And obviously you don't have to read white power to be like an alt-right fucking neon, right? But the thing is, if you're not familiar with to be invested in like the right? You have to be, you have to have like a, like a passing familiarity with the feeling. So it's also fine if you just look on the internet and you like be like, hey, I want to like learn more about this, I want to learn more about this. But there's also the thing that the internet is reaching a lower level of irony soon. Because we are at like maximum irony saturation and things are starting to get more sincere again and when things start to get like even more sincere and we're like done with like at this like massive degree of irony like the comeback of minecraft as first as like a pseudo-ironic thing and now as a sincere thing it's like this like revelatory trend towards like the human future on the internet right we're heading towards increased sincerity so like this advanced meme warfare tactics aren't really going to work anymore because everyone sees through jokes now if you see like an alt-right joke, you don't go like, oh, this is a funny Jew joke, no one else talks about the Jews, this is funny. You go like, oh, I recognize the agenda because I've seen everyone like ironically quote-unquote post like images like this before. So I can recognize that this isn't really a joke, right? 
this really isn't a joke. This is like a complete, like this is something that they actually believe. This is just like format as if it was a joke. So the irony doesn't work anymore. You can't get enough on like enough levels of irony to make successful propaganda. But the culture in general hasn't accepted sincerity yet. So we're going to accept sincerity soon. We're going to move towards like, in sin- like increased sincerity. And then now that's not going to be like the battleground of authoritarians. Because right now the internet is like a battleground between like these sock them neoliberal types, right? Oh, they're not authoritarian, like they're like, oh, they're like, no. No, those are the people who are winning on the internet right now. Because they can use like all of these tools of like social shaming, because they can fight against irony, right? They're like an anti-irony like type people, because they can't be funny. They're just boring people with boring beliefs, and they're foundational incapable of making jokes because he can't recognize it. Their thoughts, their ideology, and the world surrounding them are fundamentally absurd because they want to make sense of the world, so they can't they can't do humor. It's impossible for them to make jokes, political jokes. They can they can still be funny in their personal lives, it's just they can't be funny in their politics specifically, right? So that's like that's like the kind of people who can like actually contend against like the alt-right types, even though they lose. Now, Contra is in this category. ContraPoints is in this category. This is like a large reason I just found out why I don't like ContraPoints. Because she's like this anti-irony person who's, who can't do sincerity but can just do like anti-irony in like theatrics and such, which are also not sincere, but they're also not ironic. So that's why I don't like ContraPoints. Because ContraPoints is an anti-irony joke, like force. And I can, I can only like handle irony or sincerity. I can't handle like this dramatic, theatric, like bougie shit, right? So that that's contrapoints, right? Contrapoints is a neoliberal and or a sock them, one of the two. If any, if any of you think that contrapoints is like an authentic anarchist or a communist, then I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you because she isn't. Anyway. This was a massive fucking tangent. But yeah, when we get the more sincerity, we don't have to engage in like this warfare of imagery, right? We don't have... But yeah, that's... Okay, that's it. Boom. But like, this was such a tangent. This wasn't what I intended to talk about at all. So, the second type of jokes, right, are like, these just like really absurd jokes. I mean, was that was that the first kind of joke? No, no, no. The first kind of jokes was like warfare. The second type of jokes are just like really absurd jokes that don't have any bearing in reality at all and they're just referential to other jokes that at some point were referential to reality, right? So that's like the simulacra simulation, the simulacra simulation, right? That's those kinds of jokes that just like build on the culture of like memes to create completely like like jokes that are completely divorced from reality. They're just like the Jeems, Jack Dogger memes, right? They're just like a Virgin Chad meme, except worse. And they're just compl- like instantly abused. Instead of like having like the subtlety that the Virgin and Chad meme should do. Because like, like the meme originally was like a commentary between like, hey, you can either be like this like pussy beta, or you can be like this like overconfident macho man. And both sides are like ridiculous. And that was the point of the Virgin Chad meme. Because like the virgin was like a real thing, while the chat was just like this ridiculous image, and but, like the virgin was like also ridiculous insofar as the virgin didn't like make sense because it portrayed a real person who is in himself ridiculous, right? So yeah, that's like that's like the that's like that thing. Like what I wanted to talk about is a ch- <laughs> this was like my original idea that I had is that jokes don't really like you don't need jokes to understand like a joke. What you need, right? 
like because like jokes don't make people laugh like a lot of jokes don't really make people laugh that's this is the reality this is the truth right like so since since you don't really have to worry about making people laugh because you just want to like do like these like absurdist things right you only need an implication that you're making a joke to like have the effect of making a joke of like social bonding right because since since you're not about making anyone laugh you just need to use jokes like be more comfortable and like bond with people like that's that's the best use of jokes right now basically so what you need to do is you, you need to like make a facsimile of a joke right you need to like basically be like oh i'm gonna make this like lots of random statement i'm gonna make like a dad joke but you don't actually like try to make a, the joke a joke you just like go through the motions of the joke and then you create this like comfy feeling because no one is expected to laugh right the joke doesn't have an agenda it's just a comfy thing that like acts as like this specific set of like social standards right so you can be like oh hey uh I don't know, I, I, I can't really think of a of an example. Oh, you can be like someone posts on like a Discord server and goes like, I'm hungry. Then you can just post like, hi, hungry. Because that's like a bonding thing, right? That's like, that's like a thing that you can like both mutually understand like the nuance and implication of, right? But it doesn't have to make you laugh because it's not funny. It's like format that has a joke. But it's like this, like, because like, the thing of jokes that makes you laugh, right, at least for me personally, is when you, like, go through the logic of the joke in your head, and then you, like, understand the inherent absurdity that the joke is trying to portray, right? And then you go, like, oh, I understand this. This is funny. This makes me laugh, right? Humor is so weird. Like, no, how does humor work? Like, no one understands how humor works. There are just, like, some things that make people laugh. But yeah, anyway, you don't, you don't need to, like, have, like, this this like entire like path of things to follow anymore you just need to make people just like like have that feeling that they're like listening to a joke even if the joke isn't a joke it's just a statement right it's just a statement formatted as a joke without like any like agenda or implication or like meaning right the people who do this the best are like family friendly youtubers because they can't really make any jokes that would actually be funny right they could go with like temporary youth humor and their videos would become like in like immediately dated. It wouldn't work, right? So they can't do that. Or they could go with like this edgy linguistic warfare stuff, right? That some people can pull off, but if you're like trying to be family friendly, you can't really do that. So all that's left for them to do to make their videos have like the feeling of being like funny, right? Because you if you're making like family friendly content, you want this to be like a you want it to be funny. Because people like laughing and if you're making something that's supposed to be like a comfortable entertainment for like an, a wide variety of people you want you want people to feel like they're seeing something funny right but since you can't make any like jokes that are like actually funny due to like the level of abstraction that jokes require right now the only thing you can really do is you can like make make jokes that seem like they are jokes but in actuality they're just like like, like statements that, that, that like require bit of effort to the code, right? Because you can't really make any jokes. Also, this is like something I also want to talk about because this is something I've been thinking about so I'm gonna like completely pivot. I mean, it's not a complete pivot. But like people, like I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, we can't criticize Trump. He's like so patently absurd. We can't criticize him. And that's like such pure ideology, right? People are like, oh, we can't make jokes about Trump because he himself is a joke. That's pure ideology. Because you have to recognize that for a lot of people, Trump isn't a joke. So you have to say, like, things at him that would make Trump seem like a joke, right? And now, granted, these things, like, you have to attack them from, like, the right, right? 
you have to be like your Trump is a joke because he didn't actually build the wall, right? So that's like the easiest way to do it. But like the thing is, you have to just figure out what makes like, like what makes Trump, what would make Trump funny and like absurd and unreliable to people who like Trump, right? If you if you're like. Kathy American flag, Mega on Twitter, right? You're not gonna be like, oh, Trump, Trump is funny because he has small hands and he's called Trump. Like, that's not funny to that person, it's just embarrassing, right? Because that doesn't really, like, belie any actual truths, right? Because that kind of person goes like, Trump, I, I rely on Trump because he doesn't give a shit about any of these people who would make these kind of, like, snide comments without any substance. So if you want to, like, ridicule Trump, like, no one is capable of doing it right now because everyone is, like, entranced in their pure ideology, right? Everyone's entranced in their pure ideology. So they can't really, like, make fun of Trump in this way because they would have to betray their own ideology to, like, make fun of Trump. Because, like, you would have to concede that Trump does the things he does intentionally, right? And a lot of these people have, like, this, like, position that they're right, they're on the right side of history, right? So they go for like the absolute worst tactic, which is making your opponent seem weak and dumb. Because you never want your opponent to seem weak and dumb, you should be like, the opponent is the most intelligent, most composed, most powerful person in the world. And that's why I'm going after them, because they're dangerous, right? That's that's how you should critique people, that's how you should go after people. Because if you go like, oh, my opponent is dumb, and then you can't offer up a critique, you're lost, you're just lost. So how, how can you make fun of Trump, right? Well, first, you have to make the assumption that Trump is the most powerful man in the world. He's highly intelligent, right? That's why he won. He's He won because he's highly intelligent and he managed to beat you, right? Even though you're on, like, on the right side of history or whatever, Trump managed to beat you. He managed to get the most powerful position in the world and he's incredibly competent and ex at exercising his power, right? He might have hit a few snacks, but he was able to outmaneuver, like, federal investigations, impeachment hearings. He has, like, an ultimate access to power. There's no one more powerful than Trump. There's no one more intelligent than Trump. Right? Ignore the reality that you perceive. That Trump just got lucky. Trump just managed to, like, sweep the nation because, like, Bernie bros or whatever, whatever the fuck you believe in didn't go vote, right? And you go, like, Trump was competent, has always been competent, and will always be competent, right? He, oh, he, it might seem like Trump gets mad for no reason, but in actuality he only gets mad because of the like, calculated 4D chess reasons, right? You assume all of these things and then you go like, Trump is still the most threatening man in the world, but he's also the most powerful, intelligent, composed, and in control man in the world. He's not just like, in some waves, like, just like floating around, it, at his own whims. No, he's completely in control. Or you could go the other way and go like, oh hey, Trump is just a puppet, right? But then you would have to like admit that every US president is a puppet anyway. So you can't re you can only critique them as figureheads, right? You can be like, oh I Trump isn't really an eloquent speaker and that's what the country needs right now. The country needs someone who can pull it together or whatever, whatever you want to be. Because Trump isn't one actually in power. The people actually in power don't really have anything to do with the presidency. If you're willing to forsake that part of your ideology, then you can go after Trump in that way and be like, like oh, Trump says that he's kind of like, he's like the best negotiator. And then he goes on stage and he goes like, go, 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 go. Like, that's kind of funny. That's the beginning of something funny, right? And make it into something that's like somewhat funny. You can make it somewhat funny with, a, with enough effort, right? 
if you just refine that a bit, it's great, it's great, it's a bit, it works, it makes Trump seem ridiculous and absurd, right? But like, for that to work, you have to concede that the president isn't the ultimate seat of power. But if you still want to like present electoral like politics as the solution, right? And you want people to not vote for Trump and not believe in Trump, you have to be like, okay, he's the most powerful man in the world and he's better than like everyone else. And that's how he got to be like the most powerful man in the world. How to attack him now? Well, you can attack him on his like inherent contradictions. Like, for example, Trump, like Trump promised, like, oh, oh, I would like take care of the LGBT community, right? And then he just threw the entire LGBT community under the bus to, to like appeal to evangelicals, right? You can even go up to an evangelical and be like, hey, uh, if this guy is so powerful and has such integrity, right? Why did he support the LGBT community and throw them under under the bus, right? Does it? He doesn't, he doesn't have loyalty to you, like, you can be like, oh, Trump doesn't have any loyalty. Remember when he dodged the draft, right? That's why he doesn't have any loyalty. Because the thing is, when people were, were like, pushing the narrative at first, right, it didn't have any impact. Because no one was, like, sus like suspicious of Trump who supported Trump. So it's like, oh, that's a thing he did, but I don't know if that has any, like, far-reaching implications. But if you can now go up to these people and be like, hey, Trump betrayed you. And Trump betrayed other people, too. So if Trump is willing to betray everyone and he's willing to betray his country, then Trump is like an unreliable person, right? You want someone who with more integrity. And now you can somehow pivot that into being funny, right? You can somehow pivot it into being funny and you, be, and you can be like, oh, hey, Trump says that he's going to take care of the nation, but he's like, in actuality, he's like, he's a traitor to every cause. He doesn't have any allegiance, right? He doesn't have any respect for his country or anyone in it. You can, you can make that funny if you try hard enough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be super hard. You have to be a real talented comedian to make it actually funny. But that actually has a point that you can hide within an image. That's a sort of an image that you can like advance to make it actually funny. And that's how you can critique Trump. That's how you can critique Trump in the form of jokes. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. You just have to be and not funny. I'm not a really funny person. I can engage in like conventions of being funny and like being really successful. Like being funny is just quoting the Joker. I can do that forever. I can just quote the Joker. That I'm, I can do that, right? But if being funny is about like coming up with like clever jokes, I can't do that. I can just tell people how they could see. How to start with that process, how to start with that process and how to like get to a point where that might be actually somewhat funny. Because the reason people can't critique Trump is because their own ideology is self-defeating. They, they, they think that they're so correct that everyone who isn't like on their side must be ridiculous. So they take the most like uncharitable like view of everyone. And as long as they're winning, that's completely fair. As long as they're winning, that's completely fair. But if you if you lose even once when you do that, if you lose even once when you do that, you lose the entire shtick. You can't do that anymore. When Trump won, you can't really like do anything with the right side of history narrative anymore. Because it's been demonstrated that history can go multiple ways now, right? It's not like fucking Fukuyama wasn't right. History can go multiple ways. And that has been revealed for everyone. If the right side of history narrative was right, Hillary would have won. You would have had your first like female president, right? Well, female fascists can now start ruling the world, right? And create a new world order of like pure liberal capitalism. Wow, right? But that doesn't work anymore. That narrative is broken. You can't use it anymore. And if you're still sticking to that narrative, 
you're just wrong. And this is why I hate dialectical materialism, by the way. This is why I can't stand dialectical materialism. Again, another segue is because it ha- it's like this pseudo-cultish behavior where they go like, oh, I have this prophetic knowledge that at some point internal contradictions within capitalism will make it collapse into communism, right? Because, oh, the tendency of profit to fall happens, right? Like, they don't realize that, oh, hey, the tendency of profit to fall, okay, people are going to go underwater, people are going to go into space, right that might be true eventually but they're going to be there's gonna be thousands of fucking years until the rate of profit falls to a point where capitalism is untenable because people are going to figure out how to propagate capitalism because capitalism is really good self-perpetuating capitalism can self-perpetuate it through the entire fucking world given enough time right so if you go like oh the, pro- the profit rate has a tendency to fall everyone knows that everyone knows that the profit rate has a tendency to fall within a specific industry right but if you if you invent new frontiers right if you just invent new frontiers you can get new profits you can be like oh these are unethical no one cares if it's unethical that's just moralism if you're if you're like if your arguments boil down to moralism that doesn't work and even if like the world collapses right through the global fucking warming and climate change and whatever right capitalism will st- it just means that capitalism will last for longer because it's gonna take you, you're gonna have to rebuild you're gonna have to like have millions of new industries work out new technologies and then like maybe in a in a 300 years you're gonna end up back at like a modern level right new middle ages like new stagnation like there's gonna be new technologies invented but overall the level like the quality of living will be like lower for those 300 years but then you're gonna reach this point again right somehow like i mean i'm not i don't have absolute faith in technology but i think people are really adaptable to their surroundings so even if there isn't like a concrete technology i think adaptation can take place and you can still reach like this place again right even though the world completely changed i think you can still reach a place of like what we in the modern day consider like the capitalist world order right or maybe maybe technology has like this like inevitable end point where it can't really move forward and we just haven't discovered that yet Maybe it's just that the, the Moore's law broke and that's the end of technology advancing at like an exponential rate. Because maybe maybe quantum computing will never happen. Maybe the the size of transistors was the final barrier for technology. And we had the transistors basically as small as they could be right now. They can they can still be a bit smaller, but the quantum effects that are happening already it can't really be minimized that much unless something completely new is invented again because something completely new can be invented at any time right but like still as long as you can invent new ways to make money capitalism can exist even even let's say that the rate of profit has fallen to zero for every mechanical industry right okay that can't be pure capitalism anymore but you can create a fascist state that only like has capitalism like entertainment that's a korean hypercapitalist entertainment right everyone is a member of like a fucking k-pop group everyone has their entire lives regulated by some label because everyone has to be turned into content everyone has to get like plastic surgery to be like the most like appealing to the mass audience everyone has to like put on like a performance at all points in their lives right that's completely possible we could create the hell of like everyone trying to like we we can just expand social media influencer influencer culture into the entire fucking world that could actually feasibly happen so everything is about marketing yourself and marketing others so instead of like capitalism functioning within like physical goods it just functions within like image and like status right 
that's that's how it works. That's how it, that's how it works. You can't really expect the rate of profit falling. They were mean to end of capitalism, right? Capitalism can adapt. Capitalism can adapt to anything. So yeah, dialectical materialism, right? Okay, at some point. People might be like, oh, I don't want to li- live in like the fucking K-pop hyper hell, right? Maybe I want to like, do something that isn't the K-pop hyper hell anymore. Maybe that's how I want to live my life. And maybe the only way to get that, get to that is communism. And that's a respectable opinion, right? Maybe at some point capitalism will just be so bad that people can't stand it anymore. But the thing is, even though capitalism is bad, right? Everything that capitalism is bad for benefits someone else, right? You can be like, oh, capitalism, capitalism is so bad for me. But then, like, you might go outside and be like, wow, everyone is really pretty and funny and charming and I like being in a world where everyone is forced by their managers to be really pretty and funny and charming, right? I'm, I'm happy in the world even though I'm not happy being, a, like, a human in this world. That's completely possible too. You can't, you can't, because most people, most people want, like, most people treat the world around them as decoration, right? And if you go to them, hey, I'm going to provide you the best decorations, they go like, oh, hey, this has a compelling point. This might be completely unethical. This might push my life into being a complete living hell. But everyone is so pretty. Everyone is so funny. Everyone is so charming. Like, that could totally happen. That could totally happen. And that's not impossible by any stretch. That's completely possible. And just expecting dialectical materialism to end capitalism isn't really like... It's like just like a cultish, modernist, prophetic thing for me. Because fine, you can be like, hey, we can analyze the past through like class struggle and, and like material conditions. And it's like, that makes sense. That's like a respectable view of the past. You can be like, hey, we had this class conflict and we had that class conflict. Then we can look at the like the class conflicts throughout the world and be like, okay, so that that means that, that means that, that means that. Like people can invent new classes. Classes aren't like just material. You can, because people aren't just material beings. People are people are also like social beings so even though you don't have like material classes you can invent new social classes you can basically in like classical marxist terms you can just like make class warfare even more like strong right you can just make new classes within the proletariat that just fight with each other because that's how capitalism perpetuates itself even in classical marxist theory capitalism perpetuates itself through like advancing warfare within the proletariat class against the proletariat class right like class traitors right that's how capitalism advances and capitalism can convert most everyone into a class traitor capitalism can convert most people into class traitors that's not impossible so if you're just gonna be like, oh, we're gonna like have communism because capitalism has contradictions, like oh, they say that they can get profit forever, but like, uh, f- like you can't get unlimited growth within a finite system of resources, right? But capitalism can get more resources. You can you can have like just an entire society based around mining the rings of Saturn, right? It it might not even be beneficial to mine the rings of Saturn. Maybe those are com- that's a completely completely pointless thing to do, right? But you can still make an entire society around that because capitalism doesn't need to make things without, without point, right? If you can make profit from a thing, then you can make that into like a capitalist structure, right? Once you run out of the solar system, maybe then dialectical materialism is true. Maybe then the only inevitable solution is communism. When the solar system runs out, when you have mastered the entire social solar system using capitalism, Maybe then we can get socialism. Maybe then we can get socialism. But like until then, like I, I'm not gonna believe in dialectical materialism.
This summer has gotten ridiculously hot. It's like 30 degrees Celsius, 85 degrees Fahrenheit over here. And I know if you're like in the American South, that might like seem like weird. Oh, that's nothing. The usual temperatures over here are basically the same as temperatures in Southern Alaska, right? Imagine if you went to Southern Alaska and you had like 85 Fahrenheit if you're American, right? So this is this is bad. I don't like this at all. I don't like how warm this is. And the first thing is clothing. I hate clothing, right? Okay, first thing, I don't get why people dress up to go to the grocery store. No one fucking cares. The only way it could matter is if you run into someone you know, in which case it's just like slightly embarrassing for like 10 seconds, right? So it doesn't, why, why dress up to go to the grocery store? It doesn't fucking matter. Just go, like, just like step out. You don't need to fucking change anything. Just have fucking messy hair. Just have fucking shitty clothes. No one fucking cares. It's a fucking grocery store. You're there to get physical items to feed yourself or clean yourself or like do anything like that. You're not there to like meet people or have fun. It's just the place where you're stuck in basically because you need to, you need to buy groceries, right? So it's like, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Don't dress up to go to the grocery store. That's fucking gay. Anyway, uh, my my biggest problem is because because I'm a I'm a trans I'm a trans right I d- and I'm in Eastern Europe I don't really want to draw any attention to myself right I, I want to be in like the most inconspicuous outfit ever because pe- I don't want people to be able to like tell my gender right I want people to be as confused as possible about my gender right I I, I don't I don't want people to be like oh wh- why 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 does that person have boobs? Oh, because I, I get past somewhat, but I'm not like, I'm not gonna be like, I don't, I don't want to be in such a situation because I'm like super androgynous, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a really androgynous person, and if someone goes like, oh, that's a relative androgynous person, okay, I'm gonna assume that's a guy. Why does that guy have boobs? And so I, I don't want to be in that situation, right? Because that's that's too embarrassing even for me, right? So I have the boy motor hoodie. I have the boy motor hoodie. Now, if I wasn't in Eastern Europe, I would probably live differently because I would be in a different complete set set of like social circumstances it wouldn't be like in in this set of circumstances right but as it stands right now that's the only way i can like function and like that's fine enough for myself that's fine enough for my own purposes right but it's so fucking hot it's so fucking hot it, it shouldn't get this hot it should max out at like 25 celsius which is i don't know how much fahrenheit that is but it, it should max out at like 25 celsius why the fuck is this hot it's i can't wear a hoodie it gets too warm. It's fucking annoying. It's f- I'm I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. I, I don't want to show off my body in public. I, I wanna I wanna be as inconspicuous as I could possibly be. So that's kind of that's something I don't don't really enjoy. That's something I don't really enjoy. So here's an idea. Alcohol is necessary for civilization because all of the first crops grown right were all crops that were used to make alcohol. Basically, in every part of the world, right? And that agriculture was the start of civilization, right? So when people first invented agriculture, probably most people were like, "Oh, this fucking sucks. I wanna, I wanna go not have civilization." Okay, I, I'm done with agriculture, right? Except the people who found alcohol, because they were like, "Man, a lot of this sucks, but I, I get to have alcohol, right? I get to have alcohol, so not all of this sucks. So I'm kind of fine with civilization, actually, right? Th- this is my theory right now." just civilization 
only exists to propagate alcohol because alcohol is the only way civilization could exist. The more civil, like the more you push someone into civilization, the more they start drinking. Right? This is like evident in like whenever like some indigenous like nomadic culture got civilized, they started drinking a lot. Native Americans have known alcoholics, right? This all happened in like Russia. This happened everywhere. This happened everywhere. Like this happens in Africa. This literally happens everywhere. Where drugs are the only way that pe- like people get civilized, they turn to drugs because drugs are like the only like like dopamine enhancing benefit of civilization. If you don't like video games and like anime, right? If you aren't really autistic, the only way you can possibly like civilization is with alcohol, or unless you have like. Issues that require civilization to like be solved, such as if you're trans, right? If you're trans, you, sh- you kind of need to like civilization because it's like, okay, this civilization allows me to like biomodify myself into into form that I'm happy with, right? So if you're trans and anti-civ, I just think you're kind of dumb. And that's, that's just my opinion, right? You can just be like, I hate civilization more than I need to like, than I have a compulsion to like, modify my physical form, that's fair, I guess. I, I guess people can have that opinion. But personally, I have a vested interest in civilization. I'm just on the base of that. Or you could just be a person who needs biomodification because you're like, disease, you have like, some disease that requires treatment, you have like, some disability that requires treatment, and you can just be like, okay, like, I get, I get why someone would want to be less alienated, right? I, I get why someone would want to be less alienated. But I also like being alive, right? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like personally, I don't I don't really buy into all of the, like, oh, the goal of life is to be like wild and not alienated because I personally kind of like alienation. I kind of like being able to exist in a form outside myself, right? I I, I kind of like being like okay, I can. I can create all of this thing and be like at maximum alienation, right? I can make YouTube videos, which is as like I know this isn't like it doesn't seem to you as if it was alienating, but putting a YouTube video out into the public is like the most alienating form of art you can like ever like undertake, because you're putting a piece of yourself out in the controls in the control of like this giant mega corporation and then trying to get people who you don't even care about to see that piece of art to like reflect a part of yourself which is what makes it the most alienating right with music you get like people who watch like listen to your music at least are in some form like engaging with like a piece of distinct art that you made but on youtube people are just engaging with like an alienated form of yourself which is why youtube is the most alienating form of art and which is why i personally really like youtube because i like being alienated i like being completely alienated the more alienated i get the better i feel because i'm already like as alienated as it can be from like normal society right so i don't really have any like objections against alienations and just just alienate me just make me into like a cyber being with no real form where everything I say is like this alienated piece of myself under the control of various like mega structures that I have no sway over. That's fine by me. That's fine by me. That's absolutely fine by me. But I get why some people would not like that, right? If you don't like being alienated, you should be anti-save. Like, that's respectable. But like, I've, I've just don't share your ambitions. 
I, I don't share the goal of being not alienated. And then there's also like, if you're anti-civ, it's not gonna be fun, right? You, know, you, you might think like, oh, I get to be wild and like live live by my own rules. Like, no, you're probably gonna live by the rules of whoever has the like, most physical strength or most utility to you, right? You're either gonna live by the rules of the guy who wants to kill you or the rules of the guy who can give, right? That's, that's basically two options in limit societies. It's like, Okay, that's fine. If that if you're fine with that, if that's the kind of hierarchy you want, if you just want to like reduce the hierarchy to the most primitive form it can be, that's fine, right? But like, it just it just I wish more people recognized it because primitive societies aren't really egalitarian, no matter how much you want to like whitewash history, because we still have examples right now. We have had historical examples. We have had like we can even look at how animals act, right? Animals are pretty wild. Animals are pretty wild, and none of them act in okay. Some of them do, but most of them don't really act in like any egalitarian way, right? So it's like nature in itself is hierarchical, right? And if you, I mean nature as in the default state of beings without humans, right? I'm I'm gonna call that nature just because I'm I'm gonna be reductivist. Yeah? I'm gonna be reductivist because there's, there's no reason to exclude humans from the category of nature. And if there's no reason to exclude humans from the category of nature, there's no reason to exclude like technology and like cities from the category of nature. But that's a different discussion. But yeah. Anyway, given that we have humans, right? It's like you're gonna you're gonna be a part of a species if you're gonna be a part of nature because nature works on the basis of species right i, I mean unless unless you are just like an anti-natalist primitivist and you just want to like die out and not be a part of a species that's fine if if that's the state that you want to be in i, I can respect that you might be free if you manage to avoid all other humans and live your entire life in total isolation that's I, I I understand that I, I I understand that desire, and if you can make that be feasible, that would be great. Like I personally, if you could like guarantee me a world where I can be completely isolated in in a perfectly civilization-free society where I never have to interact with other people, I would fucking take that. Of course, I would take that. That sounds like a great great fucking sounds like it would be really fun, right? So I can't uh, I I don't really have any objections towards it, right? I don't. I know that this is a tangent. Oh, alcohol, right? Anyway, yeah. So if you're a part of civilization, drink alcohol, like I'm doing right now. I'm gonna take a big old sip of my rum and coke, and thank civilization for giving me this great gift that makes life bearable and technological society livable. That was nice. Okay, this is the end of the podcast. I mean, I'm gonna go on for like another 15 minutes, as you can see from the timer in the bottom, or not 15 minutes, like 18 minutes. I don't even know. Anyway, this, but this is the final segment because this is the personal discussion at the end that I want to have. Because this, this is something that I really want to talk about that I haven't really talked about anywhere else. And this is something that I think this format is like fitting off, right? And this is, I wanna talk about like the way that I I had to like prove that I was smart when I was a kid, right? Because when I was a kid, 
like it was like an unspoken thing among everyone right like everyone kind of recognized that i was like way ahead of other people because it told me that i was like way ahead of other people but then like a lot of other people go like oh well when i was a kid i was told that i was a genius putting all of these like genius things right but like no for me it wasn't like that for me it was more like people recognized that i had like intelligence but no one ever like called me a genius basically like i was always the most confident in my own intelligence so a lot of my life became about like trying to prove that intelligence because I, I knew that other people thought I was intelligent. I just wanted them to like acknowledge it, right? So things I did like like really primitive things I did for this end is like oh I started like learning a lot about chemistry, right? I started I started just like learning advanced chemistry just to prove people that I'm actually smart and they should acknowledge me as as smart, right? I, I like a lot of my early writing was just trying to convince people, hey, look at me, look at, look, look at how smart I am, right? I can write, I can write, please just recognize how smart I am. And then I got like some more like open acknowledgement that, hey, you're actually kind of smart, right? Across the board. And then I was like, thank you, thank you. I've been looking for like this sort of respect for my entire life, right? Because like a lot of people have like acknowledged like oh, hey you're kind of ahead of like people in this way and that way but I've never been like ahead in like any specific thing right I was like somewhat into literature but I was like less into literature than the people who were like really into literature right I was somewhat into science I was somewhat into math but I was never like quite close to the people who were like really good at math really good at science like I was never close to those people. So I was like somewhat into like all of these things. I was somewhat, somewhat good at English. There wasn't anywhere close to people who could like speak English with accents and like fucking do the grammar perfectly. I wasn't anywhere close to those people. But I had like really good vocabulary, right? But I still wasn't like anywhere close to those people, right? So I was just somewhat good at everything. I was just somewhat good at everything. And like I could, I could myself recognize, hey, I'm actually kind of smart. But no one else could like ever have like a basis of like really like laying that out for me because like I, I I couldn't really demonstrate my superiority to anyone and people went like oh that that person is kind of smart but like they're not superior to like anyone so it's like it's so that was like a situation right but I just had to like try to prove myself so so the first thing again when I when I got really into chemistry I got some acknowledgments that I'm really into chemistry I mean also also, it's not, it's not like I, I just had, like, decent grades or whatever. I was just good in class now. Like, I went to, like, Olympiads, right? I went to, like, math contests. And I placed decently. I placed really decently. But I didn't place as well as the people who are really into those things, right? I didn't place any clues to, like, how good the people who are, like, really into those, like, kinds of things did. So I was just decent. I was just decent enough. But, like, I never reached the level that the really, really good people were at, right? So it's, like... Okay, so the first thing I did was like, okay, I'm gonna get way ahead of everyone in science. I'm gonna get way the fuck into chemistry. Then I got way the fuck into chemistry, and then I knew more about chemistry than anyone else who I like was in my class. And I was like, okay, I'm the fucking master of chemistry now. And then I felt good, and then I dropped out of school. So then what I did is like, okay, I'm gonna be a fucking writer. And then I wrote some books, and people were like, wow, you're really smart, you can write some fucking books. And I was like, hell yeah. And then people were like, oh, you're really, really smart, you're like, really smart, you're like the smartest. And I was like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. And people were like, oh, you're so fucking smart. And I was like, no, wait, wait, I'm not that smart, I'm not that smart. Jesus Christ, no, this isn't, this isn't what I wanted. I just wanted to kind of... <laughs> okay, that, that was too loud, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I just got emotional for a second. But yeah, I was like, hey... Uh, 
was like, yeah. So at that point, people respected me too much. I didn't want to get that much respect. That was way too fucking much, right? So I was just, okay, well, I mean, that was like actually before that, I went into like political service and like started learning stuff and people like started respecting me. And I was like, that's fine. And that was the problem where like everyone kind of respected me. So it was like so much fucking pressure. It's like, I can't fucking handle how much everyone fucking respects me because I thought that everyone like secretly thought I was annoying and secretly hated me and just like had like this like fucking weird complex where they weren't even like really friends with me and they just kind of like respected me and it was like that that was fucked up that was fucked up and that's just like completely my fault but yeah anyway that was that was a weird situation because that was also like a bit too much respect but like not nowhere close to like as much as I wanted it was just like respect from people I wasn't I couldn't really be friends with right and then I, then I got like way too much fucking respect, way too much fucking respect, and then I was like, okay, this is this is too fucking much. Yeah, n- nowadays I think I get like an appropriate amount of respect, and I think I think people have like a relatively accurate like interpretation of how smart I am. Like most people like relatively understand like, hey, you're kind of smart, like you're nothing like world shattering or special. You're just kind of like an intelligent person, and that's exactly where I want to be. That's exactly where I want to be. I just want to be seen as like a generally somewhat intelligent person like nothing too special nothing like i want to be like a genius i don't want to be like oh yeah like this like world changing intelligence within you like no that's uh, pl- please don't do that to me please please don't do that to me i just want to be seen like accurate like as, uh, i guess i just want people to have like an accurate interpretation of who i am as a person and what like what my capabilities are yeah, I thought I'd have like a lot more to say about this. Okay, let's talk about neurotyping. This is, I think, this is my personal last hurrah with neurotyping, because I don't think the theory can really like teach me a lot beyond this specific point. But this is, I recognized that when I was a kid, right, when I was like nine or ten, I was a human up until I was like nine or ten. I was a human calculator. I was obsessed with rules, with words, with facts, right, with truth, with justice, right. All of the human calculator things were just like had like a really broad view of the world, right? I could I could like know a lot of things, and I I was like really I thought that the world functioned according to rules, and I just had to learn those rules. I kept learning those rules, right? But then when I was growing up, right, when I was like ten or twelve, I became more of like a technician, right? I wasn't a human calculator anymore. I was more of like a, a technician type where I wasn't like, okay, the world functions based on tools, right? But you also have to like recognize the emotions that other people have, right? When I was like 10 or 12, then puberty hit, right? And then everything fucking collapsed on me. And then I think I became like more of like a, I think at that time I might have been like this in this weird limb, but I think I might have just like gotten more linear and become like quick with that, I think at that point. So I just like the world collapsed around me, and I just was like quick with it, and I was like, okay, like the world doesn't really have all of these like rules. The world isn't really that complicated. You just kind of have to figure out like how how to function within this world and how to navigate all of the situations, right? And then that was that was me for like a year or two, until I got became like a fascinator type, right? And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like avoid human contact, right? I'm gonna like not really like interact with humans that much i'm gonna like do whatever i want to do because like i at that point i started to understand like the world's about like what i want to be like the world is about like the world is really complicated but it's also like about like what i want to do as a person right it's not about like some grand system of rules it's about like how people interact with each other and that's how it was until i was like 16 which was like around two years ago 
and then and around that point I got into my first relationship right and that made me like way more impressionistic too because I was like okay I can now understand how humans view things basically I can, I can now understand how humans have like relationships with other people because like uh, my my ex had like a family that was like decent and not like really fucking weird and alienating so it was like okay I'm now like I'm now like pretty much staunchly impressionistic, right? I'm like between, I'm still like between fascinator and new type, basically, on that chart. But but yeah, that that's that's when I became like that impressionistic, and I think that was like the like last big formative change for me, where I just like kept moving more towards impressionism because I, I think impressionism is just like the because like I think I think with the way that my brain grew, right? It's just impressionism is going. Like the, I think throughout my life, I have co- like I have had a tendency to feel more, right? Because I didn't really used to feel much, and now I feel more, and I think I'm gonna feel even more in the future, right? Probably chances are. So I think I just have like an innate tendency towards impressionism when I'm growing up, because I think I, I think I'm going to unlock like more feelings when I keep growing up, because I I didn't really have that many feelings as a kid, <laughs> and then I just didn't, yeah. But anyway, that's that just that's just how that went. That's just how that went, or or maybe I was always a new type and just didn't realize it. Or I mean, some of this might be wrong. Like when I hit puberty, I might just have become like a new type immediately, and then drifted back towards being like a fascinator. But like I I don't maybe actually maybe that's more of an accurate accurate assessment because I I can categorize a lot of the things I did as being quick witted, right? But the ways I fought at that point, I think were more like new typey. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I mean, no, no, they had they had to be like way more lexical. And they don't. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. But that's like my personal evolution, which is weird because for most people, when they were kids, that's when they were like the most impressionistic. But for me, like, I'm way more fucking impressionistic right now than I was as a kid. Like, it's not even fucking close. And I think like that's that's why a lot of my personality is like human calculator esque, right? Because for my entire life I've like tried to emulate the way I was what was as like a human calculator child, right? Because like at that point I was like the most comfortable with myself, I think. So I've been like, hey, if I could just like imitate that, if I could be like as comfortable with being lexical, I would be like a better person, right? Except it's like I could never be like that lexical again, right? That's that's just not something that I have an aptitude for anymore. So I can't be that lexical anymore. So the only thing I can do is I can be like, okay, I can just be smart. I can be like a good person and that's what I can be, right? Because you can't just have like this like raw fact-based intelligence and just like try to try to live that way anymore. Which, which I don't know if it's sad or if it's good. I, I think it's good, but like... There's also like a part of me that's just like that's kind of sad they can't really do that anymore because that was kind of like the time where I was like the happiest. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much. It doesn't really matter that much. Well, I have six minutes of gameplay footage left, I think, or something like that. So I have to come up with like a really really quick topic because I want to talk about some more things and I have some more topics, so I can I can just talk about those. So. So the last thing I want to talk about are my sleep disorders, because I I can't sleep well, like ever. Sometimes I can sleep better than I can other times, 
But like what I'm really tired of is people pretending that they can somehow figure out like an answer for how I ca- for like why I can't sleep well, right? People who don't know anything about like sleep science being like, well, I can figure out why you can't sleep well. It's because you drink. No, it's because you go to sleep at the wrong time. No, it's because you spend too much time on the computer. No, it's because you do this and you do that. You need to eat better, then you sleep better. You need to take this like pill, and then you will sleep better. Like I'm, I'm really tired of people doing this. Because there isn't like a solution for this that like they can figure out. Because if if they could figure out that solution, I could I could have figured that out with being alive for fucking eighteen years and never being able to sleep well, right? Because I was never fu- never fucking able to sleep well, and uh, so that's just like that's been a constant in my entire life. And when people try to figure that out, they can't figure it out because if they could have figured it out, I had an entire lifetime to do it, right? So I'm, I'm kind of really tired of every time I tell people, hey, I have like this problem sleeping, but like, have you tried that? It's like, I probably have <laughs> multiple times even, but like, I mean, if you have like a really good idea, that's like a novel approach, if you, if you have also had sleep problems, right? I don't want to hear from you if you had if you have had like an entire life of perfect sleep. I don't care what you think if you have had an entire life of perfect sleep unless you have like a doctorate in sleep studies. But if you also have had problems sleeping and have managed to solve them, please tell me your solution in the comments if you if you listen this far, please tell me how you could like stop sleeping like shit and start sleeping better. Because maybe that works. Or if you have like a scientific background in sleep please tell me about how to fix my sleep because i would really appreciate that if if you know anything about sleep if you don't know shit about sleep i don't want to hear like oh develop a sleep schedule oh uh don't drink alcohol oh don't don't look at your phone when you're falling asleep i don't want to hear any of this that shit because it takes like two hours to fucking fall asleep and if i don't have like any sounds playing or any image or something i usually just sounds playing i just use my phone to like listen to it before i go to sleep I don't actually like look at my phone screen before I go to sleep, but I just listen to my phone. And if I couldn't listen to my phone, I would just fucking have to spend like two hours in bed because I get tired, too tired to be like out of bed, right? But I can't fucking fall asleep because I'm not tired enough to fall asleep. So I'm just in bed for two hours. And if I'm in bed in, for fucking two hours without the phone, I'll go fucking insane, right? So I'm gonna listen to my fucking phone. And if something interesting happens, that like makes me prompt to look at something i'm gonna fucking do it because i don't want to go fucking insane so but like that's that just has to happen like if if you again if you have solutions if you have if you have expertise if you have experience please tell me please save me from like sleeping like shit but yeah anyway the only way to like really piss me off like really fucking piss me off is make me not able to sleep right if you're fucking if i fell asleep and you woke me up I'm gonna be fucking upset at you. I'm gonna be really fucking upset at you. Because for me, falling asleep is really hard. Staying asleep is really hard. Getting a full night's rest is really fucking hard, right? So if you wake me up when I'm sleeping, I'm gonna feel like shit and I'm gonna be upset at you. This also applies to animals like my dog, who very often wakes me up when I'm sleeping and just goes through like phases of being scared at night. So she just keeps like waking me up and doesn't let me sleep and then I just get mad at her because I need to fucking sleep. And sleeping is really, 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 really hard for me. Like it's not even funny how hard it is for me to sleep. So it's just, it's just like, like that's, that's like the only way to really annoy me. Because I'm like a really calm person usually, like, I might not give that effect. But like the only way to like personally offend me and like hurt me 
Like, I don't get hurt if you disagree with me. I might think that you're less of a human because you have, like, bad opinions, right? And, but, like, I'm, I'm not gonna get upset at you for being, like, having, like, bad opinions, right? But if you fucking wake me up when I'm trying to sleep, I'm gonna be fucking upset because that's, like, the only real thing that has, like, value in my life, right? Is my computer, my internet, and my sleep, right? Everything else, replaceable completely. If I didn't have alcohol, I wouldn't care that much. It would fucking suck. My life would be worse, but I wouldn't care that much. If I didn't have the internet, if I didn't have my computer, if I didn't have sleep, I would be fucking miserable, right? So if you try to remove any of... I mean, I guess if you try to remove my computer or my internet, I'll, I'll also get mad. But like, no, no one really does that. But like, a lot of people... Is, sleeping is apparently something that inconveniences other people, right? Because they have to restrict their own activity when you're asleep, so that's like... I think that you need to hash out between the people in in your life. So yeah, basically, that's that's the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, check out my other things. Look at my Minecraft videos. I like my Minecraft videos. Watch those.